Mr. Pop. But can we talk about what's wrong with Finey? Because the last I saw of him was a post that you put on Facebook where he appeared to be uh, minus strides, legs akimbo, with a with an Asian man. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello everyone and welcome to Rock and Roll. A bit of a different, uh, well, a bit of a different start because I've got to get to some controversy straight up because there's been a steward's Mm. inquiry into last week's program and um, I've got to get to that first before we can actually even go forward in the program. But I do have to say that uh, I'm here, Kevin Hillier. Brian Mannix is here. Hello, Brian Mannix. Present, sir. How's Brian Mannix going, Brian Mannix? Oh, it's been a big week. Went to Melbourne, did a gig, went to Peter Hitchener's party for these 50 years of reading the news, which was great. Um, Flew back to Melbourne, baby cried all the way on the plane. It's okay. And, uh, oh, they stuck a camera up my dick on Tuesday. So, yeah, usual okay. sort of week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty standard. Okay. Uh, uh, Mark Fine's not with us because he's not well. He's not feeling well. So, uh, and, fi- and, and, fi- and finally, unfortunately, Finey is not with us. But fortunately, Kenny Francis is, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Brian, Kevin, lovely to be with you. It's a delight to have you, Ken, because you're such a bloody breath of fresh air and positivity. Oh, thank you. You are <laughs> happy to come in off the interchange, and bit. I'm not. I'm not for one moment suggesting that Finey isn't. Uh, you know, happiness, no, sunshine, no, no. lollipops, and rainbows. But you know, it's you. You are happiness, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. But can we talk about what's wrong with Finey? Because the last I saw of him was a post that you put on Facebook, <laughs> where he appeared to be uh, minus strides, legs akimbo, with a with an Asian man. Uh, well, no, well that was probably a little um, uh, surreptitiously uh, devilish of me to do that because what I did was uh, Brian posted a photo and Kate Brian's, Brian's lovely daughter, Casey, posted a photo of Brian at Peter Hitchener's um, 50th. So yeah, I thought, okay, right. I'll take that. And then I'd, I'd actually been actually left the house, you know, which is a very uncommon occurrence for me to <laughs> leave the house and go out on a, an actual, you know, out with my wife somewhere. Uh, and we went to a Triple M uh, Fox newsroom reunion on, on Saturday afternoon. So I had a, we had a photo of that. So I thought, okay, I've got a photo of Brian. I've got a photo of me. I'll dolly one up about Finey, that he's his normal weekend, as per normal, he was at a tattoo parlour with some dodgy bloke sticking needles <laughs> into him. And lo and behold, he finishes up sick on Monday. My apologies, Finey. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, is it – tell me tell me the truth. Is it ink poisoning? No, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it could be. Um, you know, it could be anything. Uh, but, no, he did send me a text and say he wasn't, wasn't feeling very well and uh, that he couldn't do the show. So um, I didn't get a doctor's certificate from him. I will be requiring one of those. <laughs> um, I get one of those from Brian every week, but that's just to tell me what isn't going to fall <laughs> off during the program. Um, Mind well, you, there's a lot going around at the moment. What a lot of still- Brian falling off. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, um, you know, just going down for the count. I was talking to a friend who had a Halloween party over the weekend, and the numbers were decimated just by people being crook. There's people with COVID, you know, which is still around. Have we got another little wave of that going at the minute? I'm I'm sensing. It, it would appear so, just by the numbers that were missing from this Halloween party for a start. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there is. I think there is a bit of a. Uh, it's that change that well. 
difficult for us to say in, in Melbourne uh, that we've had a change of season because unless you unless you go from, you know, it not being shitty to it being shitty, if that's a change of season, well, then we've had that. Yes. God, it was, today was that, that rain this afternoon, was fre- it was freezing cold. And it, this morning was beautiful. This morning went out and the, uh, the old uh, take the jumper off, go for the walk and take the jumper off and walk around and beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Lovely. Weird. What was it like on the Gold Coast today, Brian? 27, thanks, fellas. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you gone down a tunnel, Brian? Uh, no, he's, I have. He's doing something he probably should. He does, he's doing something he doesn't want us to see. Which, oh, okay. Which for the people listening to the podcast doesn't matter because it's only an audio podcast, so it doesn't matter. Now I've got like to, he's turned I've, on that old uh, 3XY reverb. Yes. I've got to get to the, uh, to the controversy first up, Brian. It involves you. Where are you, Brian? Actually, have you have? <laughs> I, I think Brian's broadcasting from the old. Yeah, the clue. yeah no, well, we've lost you. You now sound like you're in a tunnel. You sound like you're in one of Dan Andrews' tunnels underneath the Westgate. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what the what's in the soil. Who's paying for it? What's going to? But but I now I think I know why it's contaminated. Yes, me too. Um, wow. There you go. Have you turned into one of those little cameras that's gone down? Never mind. Um, are you are you back with us? <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, There's a bit of light. So I'll turn the TV on. Here's so the here's the me. controversy. Um, and I, I want to thank Darren uh, Shard for this because he alerted me to this, as did about five other people once Darren did it. Uh, everyone went, oh, I meant to tell you that. Um, Brian, you know your exalted position on top of the tipping ladder for the AFLW season? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's come to a crashing halt. It, you should never have been there. Because what happened was on the service that I take the results of, the score for the Hawthorne-Richmond game was stuck at the end of the second quarter. They didn't update it to the end of the final, yet every other game in the grid for round eight was all updated to the final scores. So I just looked at it and went, okay, so Hawthorne won by a point. You know, Doggies got beaten this and ticked all the, all the boxes. Well, in fact, Hawthorne didn't win by a point. Richmond won that game. So we have to go back and change the scores from last week, Brian. <laughs> It's a rigged election. It was totally rigged. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yes. We've never seen rigging like this before. What a great crowd. Great crowd of patriots. Love their country. Hardworking Americans. Well, storm the Bastille because it means Brian now goes back to six, not seven, and a, a grand total of 45. Finey goes up to three, not two, and a grand total of 46. And I go back up to three and with a grand total of 44. So as of the start of uh, the end of last week's show, it should have been Finey on top, Brian in second and myself in third. So 46, well, let's 45 see how we go. Let's see how we go this week. All right. So you weren't, you weren't on top of the tipping ladder at any stage in the real world, just in yeah, the – let's see what happens tonight. Well, you're very confident, aren't you? I think I went all right. Well, it's the last weekend of the AFLW, so we'll get to the tips for round 10. Kenny, I'm more than happy for you to uh, put your tips in. Finally, I got him to send me his, so he was at least well enough to be able to do that. Now. All right. uh, So this episode, Brian, incidentally, this episode will be called One Less Thing. One Less Thing, yes. Okay. (laughs) And that that less thing will be Finey, who's normally one more thing. One more oh, thing. Oh, just one more thing. It takes us about – it's a bit like 
like my mother would come over and visit <laughs> and she'd stay for 20 minutes, but then she'd say, okay, I'm going to go. And then her and Sue would be standing in the doorway talking for 45 minutes. It's like they just can't say goodbye. And then properly. they get to the car and another 20 minutes of the car. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> We've all been there. You know, We've all seen that. We've all done that. Wow. What is it with women loves chatting in the doorway? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They always do. You go to shops and, oh, we'll just pull the pram over here and have a chat to my friend <laughs> right in the middle of the doorway. But no spatial awareness. Very good point, Brian. Very good point okay. indeed. Okay. Uh, Kenny, what have you been up to? Fill us in what you've been up to since we last caught up with you. I mean, you know, I know oh. you've been to every gig that's been held in Victoria in the last... <laughs> well, I do like live rock and roll. and yeah, it's uh, good. I feel the uh, the industry was decimated over COVID, so uh, go out and uh, check out as much live music as I can. Uh, most recently, Paul McCartney at uh, Marvel in Melbourne. And uh, actually, my, I took my girlfriend along. Yep. Um, she... She wasn't so enamoured, you know. She's a little bit younger than me, so doesn't fully get that whole Beatles thing. She's All right. 15. What are you expecting? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so Should have taken her to a Wiggles concert. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I get a ticket, and, of course, I want to sit up the front, and Paul McCartney tickets up the front aren't cheap. Yep. So I didn't pay the the whole shebang, but I got close enough that I knew that I'd be happy with the view that I got. So I bought my ticket in the pre-sale. Uh, pre-sale. Now, I find that the tickets that you buy in the pre-sale, you obviously think you're going to get the best ticket in the pre-sale, and then when the general sale go on sale a week later, obviously that'll be the leftover tickets. I now find that with most shows where I buy pre-sale tickets, the the ticket that you get later can sometimes be a lot better than the ticket that you bought in the pre-sale. How does that work? I don't know how that works. But this is how concert ticket buying works in this uh, new millennium. So anyway, I've bought my, uh, my 400 and something dollar ticket to McCartney and, you know, it's it's okay in the pre-sale. But I thought, well, let's have a look when the general sale goes on. If I get a better one there, I'll buy that and sell the other one. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. So I did get a better one and I've had the other ticket, by which time, you know, the fever's starting to build. And my girlfriend says to me, you know, that, that ticket, um, how much was it? 400 Okay, well, look, don't sell it yet because I think I might just go along. And I said, you should go because this is the greatest and most successful songwriter in the history of the planet. Yep. So you should go and be in the room when he's there performing. He's 81. He's not coming back. This is your opportunity. So last minute she decides, yep, she's going to grab the ticket. So she grabs the ticket, comes along. She's enamoured with the whole thing. She is so impressed and so emotionally involved with the whole performance that on the Tuesday after the Saturday in Melbourne, he plays Newcastle. My girlfriend is on holidays. She gets a ticket to fly to Sydney, get on a train and go to Newcastle to see the show again. Wow. Jeez. Your girlfriend's turned into a Paul McCartney groupie. (laughs) She has. Disgraceful performance, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) So... I've uh, I've been so excited, Brian. Look out because this weekend oh, no. you're taking it to Mannix. I am coming to the Gold Coast. All right, rock on! <laughs> so the final McCartney show happens this uh, coming Saturday on the Gold Coast, and I'm going up. Ah, yeah. wow! Yeah, I've seen him twice. So yep. 
I, I've never seen him live. I, I couldn't, really? No, no. I, I couldn't. When he came the first time, I was doing nights in Brisbane and and the the boss there wouldn't give me the night off to go and see him. So I, I didn't see him then. I don't know why I didn't go and see him when he came in that mid part of the 80s or the early part of the 80s. I don't know why I didn't go to that. Can't remember. He doesn't, wow. really, he doesn't really change the show much, though, from what I remember. Apparently he's changed the set. In, the set list in Sydney was changed by in, a couple in of In Sydney, the set list had changed. Yeah. Not really, because so, he normally starts with Hard Day's Night or Can't Buy Me Love, one of them, I can't yep. remember. And then Got to Get You Into My Life comes in pretty early. Yep. Kenny, what, um, were, the, what, was, what, what were the songs that stood out to you on the show you saw in Melbourne? Uh, okay. Now, this is a bizarre one, but a highlight for me is that my first memory, now obviously like everyone, like you guys, like everyone listening, we grew up with the Beatles music. So mm. I grew up, I was born... Uh, 68, so the Beatles were in existence for two years. So I was two years old when they split. Yeah. So I heard Beatles music and knew it was the Beatles. The first song that I can physically remember actually thinking that's Paul McCartney was a song called Junior's Farm. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Which was his oh, yeah. only release in 1974. Yep. And, of course, you know, it was a one-off single, not massive, but um, I thought, well, there's no way I'm ever going to see Paul McCartney perform Junior's Farm which for me is my emotional connection. So a few years ago on tour in America, a mate of mine flies around the world to see, if you think I'm nuts, a mate of mine flies around the world to see Paul McCartney. He sends me video of a show in Seattle where there's Paul McCartney on stage doing Junior's Farm. Oh, wow. And, of course, I'm I'm going off my nut because I can't believe it. And in 2017, he comes to Australia and the second song in the set was Junior's Farm. So I got to see him do Junior's Farm. He's doing it again this tour, second in the set. And, you know, it's it's one of those just obscure Paul McCartney and Wing songs. But for me, it takes me back. And like music does, it takes me back to a certain time. Yeah. And that takes me back to getting ready for primary school, listening to 3XY and hearing that come on and just being totally blown away. Oh, there you go. When you so, say get, when you say getting ready for primary school, you're talking about last week, aren't you? <laughs> with, with your girlfriend. Yeah, well, right. well, grade three was the best four years of my life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Junior, there was a, the B side of Junior's Farm we played as well. And I can't remember what it was called, but I know we I know we played it because McCartney was one of those artists when uh, when you got a song from him. Uh, if you work in radio, you would always see what was on the other side uh, and play it a lot of times too. Yeah. Um, well, it was maybe I'm amazed uh, uh, highlight. Was that good? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the entire show is a highlight. And I love yeah. the newer stuff that he does where I know a lot of people, <laughs> McCartney actually says in the show, we love it because when we do Beatles songs, the whole place lights up with all your phones. It's like a galaxy. And he says, when we do the new songs, it's like a black hole. There's <laughs> nothing. He said, but we're going to do the new songs anyway. And I like his um, last few albums. I've been really impressed with some of the material on those. Okay. So, um there's a song called Queenie Eye, which is off one of the recent albums, which is very Beatlesque. And I mean, it's it's McCartney. He wrote yeah. the Beatles song, so you're going to get elements of that that Beatles sound in there anyway. So, yep. but um, my my girlfriend actually, who went along last minute, not emotionally involved, tells me she was in tears during some of those songs. Oh wow! So it's and it's an amazing effect that he has. The um, the one with John when John comes on the screen. Yeah, from, from the I've, from the Peter Jackson uh, special thing that the, that doco thing yeah. they did. Yeah, I've yeah. got a feeling which is amazing. And when you Good when you song. look at that technology, what they can do with technology now to just isolate 
John's vocal from a live Beatles performance, they, you know, what they can do is just incredible. Yeah. And then, then you've got the Stones, of course, talking about doing an ABBA and doing the, the Avatar show, which is obviously the way things are going to go because these legends are just not going to be here forever. Yeah. Oh, Keith Richard will will uh, absolutely defy that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we can have a nuclear war, and uh, yeah. Keith will be all right. Well, Keith, Keith can go and watch the show. Yeah. Keith, Keith and two cockroaches will crawl out from underneath where the bomb was dropped. <laughs> you know, you can just see the cockroaches going. Oh, okay, Keith, come on, mate, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's rock. But, yeah. but their new album's great too. The Stones' new album, Hackney just Diamond. Sensational. Yeah, love it. Well, I think it's actually Hackney Diamond. I think because that's a little place in London somewhere, I believe. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh well, that, uh, well, that, you know, just just because you're you're seventy or eighty or whatever doesn't mean you can't make good music. I mean, I think exactly. That... You heard Joe Biden's new record? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Hang on, Brian. The the precursor to that is you actually have to have some musical talent. Here's the deal, man. <laughs> we we well well anyway. <laughs> She's doing which rap. ways off? He's doing oh, rap. Terrible. It's rap, Brian, or something, well, something like that. Uh, all right, we need to talk about uh, some things that have been going on in the world. We uh, usually talk a fair bit of sport in this bit. Uh, the Rugby World Cup finished. South Africa beat New Zealand by a point. Uh, yeah, very exciting. The World Cup of Cricket is on at the moment. Brian, have you been watched any of them? Now you watched a bit of the Matildas. They're trying to qualify for the Olympic Games in yeah, Paris. Yeah, like that a lot. Yep. Um they're a real good team. Um, you know, we all talk about Sam Kerr, but um, I was really impressed with uh, Ford and um, Van Egmont's good and Murph, little Murphy, as you said, she's a beauty. Little uh, Mary Fowler, she's a star. She's oh, a Fowler. superstar. Yeah, you know, she's a ripper. Yep, she's so a ripper. So that was good and Australia looks like it's sort of getting a bit better. Um I think they've won the last two, three games, haven't they? Four, I think, now in a row. Yeah. The Aussies have won, as opposed to England, who've lost the last four in a row and are not going to be defending their uh, World Cup title any any day soon. Uh, Bundled out for 120 by the Indians overnight. It's good to watch. I think having the job back in the team has really paid off. Oh, for Australia? (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to work out where there was. That's Travis Head, <laughs> as anyone's wondering, which is usually now when Finey goes, I like Head. Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> and Brian then mentions Joe Root. And don't forget DeCock. Exactly. So there's our World Cup summary um, done, as always, in the finest and tastiest of styles. Thank you, everyone, for being part of that. And Glenn Maxwell hit 140 balls. Unbelievable bit of uh, batting or whacking or whatever you want to call that. Uh, it is a world record now. Uh, 100, a century of 40 deliveries. He gave him a good root. Roost. Mr. Cock. Roost, Brian, roost. Right, okay. Now, listen, Brian, tell us about Peter Hitchener's 50th. Now, to, to give, us, give, us the, to give us the oil on this as to, A, why you were there, and uh, B, what happened. Well, who got I pissed and there. disgraced themselves? Hitch. Well, oh, he was blind when he arrived. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so much cocaine at a party in all my life. No, no. Uh, it was a very elegant affair, um, and it's was celebrating Peter Hitchener's fifty years since he first started reading the news. 
um, for people interstate, he's the Melbourne newsreader, been was like a rock. And he's fantastic. Anyway, during COVID, I looked at, no, I, yeah. So anyway, I'm a bit of a fan because I love the way when the weather girl finishes, he always goes, thank you, Lavinia. <laughs> That's all for tonight. Or, you know, with Tony Jones, you go, thank you, Tony. Next up is Lavinia with all of the latest weather. <laughs> goes to the end. Um, so I love that. And during COVID, I'd started just saying, thank you, Lavinia. And my daughter was packing herself laughing and Sue's screaming at me to stop it, which only made me do it more. Yep. And and um, I posted it on Twitter. And my mate Archie, who works on the news, the next day I get this message from Archie and it's Peter Hitchener going, Thank you, Brian. <laughs> and um, yeah, and no, but I first met him when uh, Sam Newman had a golf pro pro am tournament, and um, I was told that I was not good enough to play because these people actually do want to win. Um, so me and Peter Hitchener had a golf lesson, and it was a terrific day trying to raise money to help you know disadvantaged kids, and it went so well. That the girl driving Jeff Kennett around in the golf buggy ran over a kid and his mum in the golf buggy, and we just made another disadvantaged kid. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, really ironic. No one knew it was a recruiting drive. Off you go. <laughs> well, we'll get a few it was more a surprise here. to all of us, especially the little kid who broke his leg. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, you know, he's sitting there. On a picnic blanket, asking for trouble. Yep, exactly. There you go. You know. <laughs> got to sign the disclaimer before you go into these events. No, he's a lovely fellow, Peter Hitchner, and he uh, 50, 50 years of reading the news is, is quite an astonishing um, statistic and, and achievement. It really is. Yeah, no, he's mm. terrific. He's, he's, I wouldn't call many men lovely, but he is lovely. Yeah, and the, the thing mm. is, he's still reading as, as well. There's, there's no... Been no drop off in his performance as a newsreader. No, no, he's very good. No, he's true. And um, and a beautiful human being. And if you follow him on Twitter, he'll probably follow you back. Yeah, he he he, he contributes to our food bites food polls every week by liking. You know, if it's mashed potatoes versus corn or something, he'll uh, you'll see Hitch will be in there saying, "Hey, I like this or whatever." So he's 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 a really nice fella. Really nice fella. Uh, well, congratulations, Pete. Now, before we get to the other part of your week, Brian, which I know you're going to intimate and graphic and gory details, um, what else have you been up to, Ken, apart from seeing Paul McCartney? Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Well, you're seeing, seeing a lot of live rock and roll. Um, Is it, it, are the crowd's them? good? I mean, we had that thing where, and, and Brian, you can jump in here too, had that thing when, when we first came out of COVID and everyone got to go back to gigs again. Everyone was super, super overblown excited. Has it yeah. settled down a bit or is everyone? Yeah, yeah. I find it has. Initially, well, there was that thing where crowds were sparse, people were masked, nobody was sure what was going to happen, nobody wanted to go out in groups, nobody wanted to mix with other people. But, yeah, it's really come back this last 12 months. You'd, you'd know too, Brian, just from looking out from the stage, that um, there's definitely crowds have returned in the last 12 months. Yeah, yeah, it's going it's going certainly a lot better than it was. Are they still going off their, it, it, off their tits, Brian, or are they settled down a bit? Um, I think they're still going off their tits. Um, you know, 
depends on how good your band is. But um, fair enough. You know, they're certainly going off their tits for me. Oh, so. well, <laughs> oh love it. I, I should dig it. I should have put a qualifier on that apart from, you know, the obvious people who would be doing I've, it for you. I have been so good lately that they'll even tolerate Dale Ryder and Scott Gunn. <laughs> That's, That's right. how good I've been going. Jeez. They'll put up with that just knowing that I'm coming back sooner or later. Right. Now, Brian. <laughs> hey, Ken. Yes. Tell us about the other thing you did during the week when you and the girlfriend went off to the jumping castle. <laughs> <laughs> She told me not to talk about that. Yes. See, Kenny, okay. you've got to be careful what you say on this podcast because it's just the tiniest little, the tiny, weeniest little bit of information that you filter through. Oh, yes. Someone yes. will take and magnify and turn into the, you know, the running theme for the show. The running gag. Yes. And that's the good thing about running gags. You never know what it's going to be, but there's always one happens. So, Brian, which brings well, no, us. But Brian, I'm surprised you, uh, you raised that because you asked me not to mention the inflatables. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got a puncture in uh, Little Debbie Doll and um, she's gone down on me and that's no good. Just goes to show you one little prick and things can go badly. <laughs> Speaking of which, Brian, how did you pull up after your little operation that uh, you so lovingly told us all about last week? Oh, well, the first thing was that they said our normal – Medical equipment is out of whack, but we've got to get you done, so we're going to use a camcorder instead. Yep. And that was, you know, that was a bit scary at first. Then it was, you know, um, and no, you just, yeah, it was, wasn't a great experience. But, you know, blow me dead, you know. Um, I get in there, you meet the anesthesiologist, some really hot-looking chick. There's the doctor, she's a hot-looking chick. Ever, there's five people working on me and there's four of them are hot-looking chicks and the other guy's a gay guy that doesn't look too bad either. So <laughs> so know, what, were you Were you on the set of Doctor in the House, were you? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry? I felt, you know, I know they're doing their job, but I felt a little bit violated. And, oh. You know, you're thinking... You know, like you're thinking about you think about your eight day. What did you right? want to did you want to be a lot violated and you're only a little violated? Is that the problem? Well, I don't know, but he was sort of when I had my first piss afterwards, he was sort of like this blood coming out of Oh yeah, like, well no, we didn't need to know that. Right. Anyway, but I just think oh God, what would he have looked like? You know, when you were asleep, he's asleep too, you know, he's just lying there, still cuddled up. I'm thinking, oh, geez, you, this is not really the time you want to be showing your dick. But anyway, they were all professional and they did a good job. They did it at Queensland Health. I was really, really impressed with and um, so well done to them. And they didn't, they had a look and they said, no, nah, we don't need to take a biopsy. So I think I'm all clear and healthy. Very good. Now, now how, many, how many, Brian, did you say were in the room at the time? Well, when I went. Under there was five, but when I came out, there was three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, so unlike myself, you didn't have three medical students observing. Oh, no. Oh yes. Oh great. Oh, that's a yeah, bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a bit not uh, yeah. not quite right, isn't it? It's a bit like that um, line from Seinfeld. You know, hey, you got to come and see this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. You no. You don't want that. You don't. No. Want well, I'm I don't know why the janitor was in there. There's so many things I could do with that one, bro. Oh, I just I won't. You know, I'm being really good. I'm do. being really good. Um, 
Right. But get checked. That's our advice to uh, all the men listening. Yeah, it is. That's a very good, yep. very good point. Get checked. A very good point you make. It's just yes. a little blood test, and it's just a little, all that. Yep. It's not invasive anymore. Um, My dad has prostate cancer, and he lives with prostate cancer. Yep. Because yeah. he uh, worked for many years in the medical field, so any medical tests and things are uh, nothing frightening to him, and he's you know not too proud to go along and get checked out by a, a male doctor. Female doctor doesn't care, just yep. wants to get checked out. Had he not gone 10, 12, 13 years ago and got checked, uh, you know, not having any concern about anything, but just to do a check, yep. he wouldn't be here today. Yep. Well, my dad isn't here today because he didn't get a check. Yeah. There and, you go. And one in four guys apparently are going to get prostate cancer. Yep. And these days they're pretty good with it. As you say, you can live with it. Yep. Um, it's not a death sentence necessarily. If you catch it in time, um, you're good to go, you know. It, and it's also not as invasive a surgery as it was even five years ago, I believe. Yep. Um, well, it, some, sometimes they just drill a hole in your prostate, yeah. take the cancer out, and you're good to go. Yep. And, mm. and it's not it's not what it used to be where basically it was the, 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 everything goes. They don't do that uh, unless it's extreme cases these days. So, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a hell so, of a lot different. You can still have a root. <laughs> that should be the, the tag on did the you, advertisement. Did you post. get that in writing? And, and did you get names to go with that? Or just Look, just like I a blanket know. statement, if, hey, if you, you can get, still get a root? I, well, I think if you get the whole prostate taken out, then maybe you're in a bit of bother. Oh, but here we I go. Believe, Dr. Maddox is going to give us well, another choice. I've been to a lot now. of blokes at the pub oh, that God. have had prostate cancer, <laughs> yeah, and I ask well, them That's where they be too. And... <laughs> The old Vietnam vet, um, anyway, he reckons he's got the needle and he can put the needle in and bang, away she goes. Right. All right. Right. Don't fancy that, but anyway. Moving along now, we're just uh, leaving. How would your bedside manner be? You know, you're sitting there with some sexy girl say, hang on a sec, baby, just going to stick a needle into my (laughs) cock and then I'm ready to go. Right. Ouch. It's called foreplay, Brian. Anyway, <laughs> we, <laughs> we move on. Um, let's get to the tips. Uh, and now as we start this week, uh, let's uh, go to the rejigging of the uh, the tip ladder. Uh, and that will have Brian on 45, finally on 46, and me on 44. This week, Brian, mm. I got five. Oh. So I've jumped up to 49. Finally didn't have a good week. He only got four. Mm. So he's on 50. So we've got me on 49, Finey on 50, and Brian this week, you got six. Yay. Which takes you to 51 and actually on top of the ladder. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> there you go. First time ever. Actually time on ever top. Too, probably. Now you're on top with one round to go. All right. This okay. is it. Good this week is, this week. This is the end of the uh, of, of, you know, penny section. It's all over and done with. Um, so okay. uh, this is your chance. Um, to win. Well, you could. Well, anybody can win. It's a very tight contest. There's only two points in it. We have a uh, full round of games. So let's uh, let's get to those, and I'll just find Finey's tips here so as we can give his tips as well as Kenny. You can jump in here. Gold Coast right. playing Essendon, Brian. Oh, this is a quandary for you, Brian, because oh, boy, these oh, are boy. your teams. Where, where would that be being played at? They're guess? playing at the Great Balls of Fire Stadium. No, sorry, the Great Barrier Reef Arena. Very close. Uh, in Mackay, 
So if you want to take about a four or five-hour drive up the highway from where you are, Brian, uh, you'll be able to get to there at 7.45 on Friday night. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I think well, I'm going to go for the Gold Coast the because Gold they're acclimatised. Coast. Farney's picked the Gold Coast. I have his in front of me. And I will go for the Gold Coast as well. Second game. Oh, okay, sorry, Kenny. Who do you want to yeah, pick? Yeah, I'll go for Gold Coast purely for the same reason as uh, Brian. You know, you've got to be acclimatised to those conditions. So right. I think the girls have got that one. All right. Uh, Western Bulldogs had their first win last week against the mighty West Coast Eagles. Uh, they play North Melbourne, though, this week at Witten Oval to finish off their season Saturday afternoon at 1.05. I've stuck with the Bulldog girls all the way through. I think they can get their second win. It will be very hard against uh, North Melbourne, which is the team that Finey's picked. Kenny? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with the Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs. Now, Brian? The dogs have tasted blood. They want more. But they're pretty shit and North <laughs> Melbourne will win. Right. Okay. <laughs> Very harsh assessment. I mean that in a, uh, loving, I mean caring, that in and a positive, and positive and constructive manner. Right. Uh, With Port, love. Port Adelaide played GWS at Alberton Oval Saturday afternoon at three oh five. Port Adelaide and GWS, Brian, who are you going with? Alberton, oh Alberton, Port Adelaide for me. Finally goes with GWS. I'll go with uh, Port Adelaide also at home. And Kenny? Yeah, Port for me, please. Port at home. Kenny will probably win this week, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, the, way, it's the way these things work. Come <laughs> uh, straight in off the bench. Dak everybody. Geelong play Hawthorne. This is at GMHBA Stadium down in Geelong on Saturday evening. Uh, I think, yeah, it's 5.05 start. Uh, been on the Cats all year. I like the Cats. I'll go with them. Uh, Brian? I'm going to go with the Hawks. The Hawks? Finally is going with the Cats. Kenny? Yeah, Cats for me too. Cats as well. Okay. Now, thank you, Brian. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Brisbane play Melbourne at Brighton Homes Arena, which is Brisbane's home ground there on Saturday night at 7.05. Brisbane surprise losers last week. But uh, I I think Melbourne will win this one. Uh, Who are you going for, Ken? Melbourne. Brian? Surprise losers last week. Going to be an even bigger surprise this week, Melbourne. It's Melbourne for everybody there. Finally, he's gone for Melbourne as well. And we move to Sunday now. Carlton Place and Kilda at uh, Icon Park at 105 on Sunday afternoon. Uh, The Blues or the Saints for you, Brian? Yeah, Carlton for me. Carlton, I can tell you fine, he's picked St Kilda. Uh, I'm going to go for St Kilda as well. Kenny? If it had been at Moorabbin, I would have gone for the Saints. They've actually been getting some good crowds yeah, they at uh, Moorabbin. They have. still across the road from where I live. And the weekends, it's just great to see cars parked in the street and yeah. people wandering along the footpath with their flags and sure their scarves. Sure, you love it, Ken. Go out there and spike a few tyres. Get off my <laughs> nature strip, you bastard. What are you doing here? I actually used to make a lot of money um, selling uh, space on the front lawn yeah. car parking. Good on you. As a kid. Yeah. Good on you. I, I, sign up Ken and- I think Ken would be more likely to spike somebody's drink. 
No, I'm going to have to go for I'll, I'll go for Carlton. If it, it was a Moorabbin, I'd tip the Saints, but I'll go Carlton. All right, Collingwood take on Richmond at Victoria Park uh, Sunday afternoon at three o five. Brian, your first cab off the rink here, Collingwood or Richmond? I'm going for the Pies. The Pies, as is Finey, uh, as am I, Kenny. Yep, uh, clean sweep. Yep, pies for me, please. Uh, and the final game, this could be crucial, Brian. This could be the one that is the difference between you winning, winning, Brian, I said, the tipping competition, okay. or, you know, finishing third. Fremantle plays Sydney at Fremantle Oval on uh, Sunday afternoon at 5.05. Freya. That's what Finey's gone for as well. Uh, Kenny? No, I'm going the Swans on that one. Swans, I'm going to go Frio because it's in Fremantle. I think they'll be strong enough to win there. So there you go. There's the tips. Now, just I'll go through it. 51, 50 and 49. Uh, everyone's gone for the Gold Coast. North Melbourne for Brian. Finey's gone for North Melbourne. I've gone for the Doggies. Uh, Port Adelaide for uh, Finey. It's only, it's only between you two, really. Uh, you differ on that one. You differ on the Hawks and the Cats. You're both gone for Melbourne. You differ on Cartland and Kilda. Both gone for the Pies and both gone for Fremantle. So we'll know by the Carlton St Kilda game at the end of that one who wins the AFLW footy tipping for this year. Good luck, Brian. Mm. I mean that in a sincere, honest and not unmanufactured or uh, bullshit way. <laughs> I can tell the sincerity in your tone, uh, Kevin. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian, you know what it's time to do? Ladies and gentlemen, but now it is time for... The Deathalyzer. Were we doing the Deathalyzer last time you were on the show, Ken? No. Oh. <laughs> well, it was. Well, we were, but it wasn't such a huge production. Yes. Well, exactly. Yeah, we were just saying Billy Bob and uh, and you know uh, yeah. Miley B have both passed away. End of story. That was it. But now, yeah. no, we've got move on. No segment. So yeah, must let's, listen. Let's have a look. Uh, some uh, some sad from the acting world, uh, from the cricket world. Uh, and from the music world too, so a bit of everything in this one. It's a big one. Um, Australian actor Les Damon passed away. Now, a bit oh. of conjecture as to whether Les sorry, was 85 or 90. Um, He's 85, but he looked 90, man. <laughs> he was in that movie I was talking about last week that I watched, the Ando he, footy film. He was he had a very small role in that. Um, he wasn't well, so he might have looked a bit older. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. There was a, there was a post put up uh, saying that he passed away, and then his sister jumped on and um, and said, no, he, was, he wasn't married for as long as you said in that post, and he was actually older than you said in the post. So it uh, doesn't change hmm. the fact that he passed. Um, so Les, who was in Homicide and a whole lot of uh, series over the years, a very well-known Australian acting face, unfortunately passed away. Richard Roundtree oh. passed away at the age of 81. He was in Shaft, that fabulous film. Who did he play in Shaft? Well, he was one of the uh, African-American actors in it. I don't, I don't remember the character name, but it was, uh, he was one of those um, – and I'll say Negro actors who was in sort of him and Sidney Portier and a whole lot of they they were the faces of that era. So through that sixties and seventies and eighties, he was in he was in all those films. Because I don't think he was Shaft. No, no, he wasn't Shaft. It was Isaac Hayes. No, Isaac Hayes did the music. Yeah, but wasn't he in the film too? I oh, can't, I might I can't be remember. The film, the film. But he wasn't Shaft. Um, anyway, 
Oh, well, that's that. Richard Roundtree uh, might have been shaft. I, I can't remember the film, to be honest. It's that, that's that long ago. That's the late 60s. And his confectionery was terrific as well. Roundtree, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, also from the acting world, from the, movie, uh, from the uh, television series Night Court, Richard Mole passed away at the age of 80. He was the... Whoa, 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 back up, back up. Who died? Richard Mole. Mole. I'm sure that's how you pronounce it, M-O-L-L. I don't think there can be any other pronunciation of that, can there? Was he a dirty mole? No, Brian. (laughs) Sorry. Brian, these people have passed away. They can't hear us, Kev. He was (laughs) – good point. (laughs) Good point, but, you know – Maybe not. Maybe not the point I was looking for. Maybe not. Maybe not the form of redemption I was hoping you would bring to the table. Um, he played bull. Tell us about Richard. He, he played bull, the very tall um, uh, sort of uh, court uh, officer, court uh, policeman. Oh, the guy with the glasses. No, no, no. He didn't have glasses. He was just tall, bald. Looked like uh, looked like Lurch would really be and would stand there when um, Harry, what's his name, the the judge in night court. Um, would give, and he would stand there and oh, he was yeah, he was really okay. good. He was really good. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's like Lurch now. Now I can picture him now in Night Court. Yep. yep. Uh, oh well, he would have had a fair crack at eighty. Would have been oh, not bad. Yeah, eight. Well, I, I mean, is eighty sort of about acceptable now? I'd be totally acceptable to me. Yeah, I know, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's like someone dies in their sixties. That's way too young. Someone dies in yep. their fifties. That's ridiculous these yep. days. Someone dies in their sixties, and you go, oh, gee, that's a bit. That's you know. Well, I think you know if you go back to the sixties, you know, nineteen sixties, dying at sixty five. That's was kind of more common then. Than oh God, it is yes. Today, mm. yeah, medicine, medicine's come a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, otherwise, you know. otherwise, we'd be reading Finey's name out tonight. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, um, so uh, the other one from the acting world is a ridiculous one. It's 54 years of age. Matthew Perry from Friends passed away uh, wow. over the weekend. Chandler Bing in Friends. I'm not a massive fan of the show, uh, but if I was a fan of any one person on the show, he was probably it because he was the funniest of a lot of them. Mm. He was good. He was very good. Yeah, he was good. Um, and uh, it's... A- it's always sad that, like, like a band, and uh, you know, an ensemble cast like that is like a band. You take Ooh. one person out, and that is forever changed. Yeah. So you know, luckily they did that reunion a year or two ago. Did you watch um, that? Do you remember watching that? No, I didn't see it. Oh, I did. I it was bloody the, terrible. It was awful. Was it? Oh, it was awful. I saw all the snippets. So I probably saw the highlights as they popped up here and there. Yeah, it was painful. But, um, painful to watch, to be honest. Yeah, right. I turned over and watched Love Island instead. <laughs> That's how painful it was. Um, yeah, look, I was never a big – I was never a, a massive – it was not the kind of show – yet I know people who loved Friends. Yep. Friends Friends was their my, – my Seinfeld was – Friends was their Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah um, me too. Um, and then Seinfeld was someone else's mash. Do you know what I mean? There's yep. uh, yeah. uh, Cheers, yep. Cheers was another one that I know a lot of people didn't like I really loved, but Friends was one – I watched it because it was the hottest show on television at the time, and, mm-hmm. and when you're in the media, you you have to do that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I could probably tell you two jokes from it that I that have stuck in my head. Um, whereas I could probably tell you fifty from um, Seinfeld. Um, but he was he was probably for me he was the he was the standout of the show. Very sad uh, human being, though. Unfortunately, yeah. But yeah. Do we know what how he died? He drowned. Yeah. 
Oh, really? He drowned in his spa is, is what I've read up until we do this broadcast now. No no suspicion of drugs and he, and he was um, uh, a drug addict and, a, uh, and an alcoholic. Um, he'd been clean, I think, clean sober for five years or thereabouts, uh. but had had something like 20 goes at rehab. Um, and then a story I saw today was that he got the Alcoholics Anonymous book, the the sort of Alcoholics Anonymous Bible book that they put out, um, uh. and that's that was it. He read that and went, okay, now I know what I need to do, and he actually cleaned himself up. So he was, uh-huh. he, was he turned his house in in uh, in Bel Air into a into a halfway house for people who were coming mm. back from um, alcohol addiction. Um, so you know he was trying to he was trying to I guess right some wrongs or whatever or make a difference or whatever it was he was you know trying to do with that. But uh, yeah, fifty four drowned in his spa. Well, yeah. probably got a bit lost after friends. Yeah, I think, I think well, most of them did. Most of them, hardly any well, of them have gone on and done much since. Um, the dark-haired one has. Oh, and then um, Jennifer. Jennifer Aniston's has. had a very successful post career. I what, was watching Morning Wars um, last night. Yeah. Actually, the latest episode of that. She's very good in that. Um, and uh, is that good? The new series because I love the first series of Morning Wars. The I, second series, not as much. I love Billy Crudup. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm Corey. He's just he's the best character. Yep. Um, Juliana Margulies is in this new series a lot more. Um, it, I'll say this: there are episodes where you go, no, really, but there are bits in the episodes, particularly with Billy Crudup's character, um, that make it worthwhile. Yeah, the, yeah, that kind yeah. of that kind of keep me watching it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple of storylines where you go, oh, really? Um, but <laughs> but uh, no, it's still it's still watchable for that. And okay. I, oh, I think Reese Witherspoon's brilliant. I think yeah. I think she's really brilliant. Um, and, uh, and Jennifer Aniston's good, in it and, and Billy Crudup's just great. So. Yeah. Uh, now I'll, I'll invest. Yeah, uh, yeah, worth it, worth it. Okay. It's not. It's not absolutely. Mo- I don't watch it as religiously as I did that first season. Like bang, yep. whenever the episode came out, I but I catch up with it. Okay. Um, and our final one from the uh, from the sporting world, uh, from the cricket world. Oh no, hang on, we've got the music one too. From the cricket world, Beshan Beatty, the Indian spinner who played uh, sixty-seven tests, took two hundred and sixty-six wickets, was one of the first. Um, cricketers I ever saw with a turban, he bowled with a turban on. Um, he was 77, he passed away. He was a captain of the Indian cricket team. So um, he was a sad loss for Indian cricket, who looked like they're going to win the World Cup. And the other one the, from the music world, I don't know how old this bloke was. Um, and we n- nearly had him on Life of Brian uh, about two or three months ago, but unfortunately he pulled out um, late before we could get to talk to him. Harry Young uh, was in a band called Harry Young and Sabbath in the late 60s. They had a massive hit. The song called "The Wheat in the Field," and he yep. had he had one of those great big, huge, booming voices, um, like a um, who would I liken him to? Jeez, uh, I Jim guess neighbours. Yes, that sort of big. Yet he could sing Baritone. rock and roll, uh, but he had that right. big kind of the wheat, and the song was a big powerhouse ballad, like a big you know the wheat in the field, that kind of voice. But uh, mm. yeah, he was a very, very very good singer and. Uh, has uh, still been doing gigs up until very recently and uh, unfortunately, yeah, passed away over the weekend. So uh, RIP to Harry Young from Harry Young and Sabbath or Harry's Sabbath and Sabbath as he was called on one music uh, online publication today, really. Well, I'm, I'm sure Kamal will be paying tribute to Harry in his next show because Kamal would have the voice to do it. 
Uh, probably could. Kamal, geez, Kamal, uh, hang on, Brian, before we get to Kamal, can we close up that ethylizer, please, before anyone else enters? That concludes tonight's episode of Just the Facts, Man. The Deathalyzer. Kamal's been very busy on social media of recent times. I don't know if you follow him, Brian or Kenny. Um, I see him popping up. Oh, he's having his he's having his uh, twenty cents worth about everything. He's hysterically funny at times, but um, yeah, he there was a post yesterday, which. And I don't know if it's actually him, but I just saw the post. I don't, I, I don't investigate things, you know, to check. If, oh, is that the real Kamal thing? I just read it and said, uh, where he was at a gig and he was performing, and he complained about the MC, who's a a uh, radio bloke uh, who works on Smooth, who got up while Kamal was singing, and started to talk over the top of him singing, and st- and finished his finished Kamal off. In other words, got up and went, well, that you're done. You can get off, basically. And Kamal said, I don't know why he was so uh, rude, so unkind. Um, uh, and and it appears that Kamal wasn't actually on the bill. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, I did that gig in. I don't know, Sydney somewhere, and Kamal lived across the road and he came up and did half an hour before us. But I thought he'd finished and then he just starts crapping on and crapping on and so I could see how he would perhaps muck up the timing of the evening well, if that's, it's a ball I, or I something think that, like that. I think that was the thing that he'd got. He'd overstayed the timings and they needed to move on. So obviously yeah. the, MC, the MC had to get up and, you know, do the – the verbal version of the coat hanger. <laughs> well, how old is he? He's pretty old, is he? Yeah, but we had him. Know. We had him on food bites not that long ago, um, and he's he's as sharp as attack. He and he remembers. God knows, he remembers everything he has ever done. Well, it's quite spooky when he started talking about things with with Sarah and I on the food bites podcast. It was it was astonishing his memory of events. Well, how old? Good. He's a lovely bloke. So I think he's still. I think he's still sharp as a tack. You're a bit like, like that. Uh, you're a bit like that, Brian. You remember all those gigs and all those fans. Who am I? <laughs> 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 all right. Oh, goodness me. Uh, righto. Now, so this week, uh, the the thing. Why this why finally's pulled a sick. I reckon. Um, we wanted to get. Three different things that you'd tell us about the first one that you had. So what we finished up coming up with was your first car, which is always a significant moment mm. in your life. Yep. And it's the first car you own, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the first car. Well, everyone, most people start driving their parents' car or their you know, siblings' yeah. car or something, but the first car that was yours. Right. Your first job, you know, the first one we actually got a, got a paycheck for and, and you know, whether it, and it might be a paper round. It could have been whatever. Okay. Uh, and this one I need – I don't need to explain it really except that Brian's in the room, so I probably do need to explain. Your first kiss. And that's mm-hmm. it. And now when, that's when, you it. Say, when you say kiss – What you consider to be your first proper kiss with a, so with a member her. of so – I'm, I'm not just getting kissed. What you consider to be your first proper kiss? I reckon. I reckon that's something that's. It, it mightn't be. It mightn't have been your first 
time that a, a female's lips were on your face or your mouth. Oh, my lips. It was like the Beatles in grade two. What? Chase me around and kiss me. Oh, well, not kiss Chasey with a five-year-old. I didn't kiss them Kenny's back. doing that now. No. Uh, <laughs> I pulled their hair. Yeah, so, oh. you, no, no, not that. The first time you had a proper, I I really like this person and I'm and going to. You don't to, have to be using the tongue or anything. I didn't. Uh, oh. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. How did your right. How did your dad go giving you the the sex talk, Brian? Was that a, did you Did you ask questions like that? So, Dad, I think my brother really gave me the sex. Oh, talk. right, okay. And, um, <laughs> oh, well, Chris wouldn't have mucked around. Yeah. Well, that would have been accurate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, my brother had a couple of books that were helpful to illustrate things. So, yeah. Mm. Freshly did you have the, the films? Did you have the films at primary school? The educational films that they showed? No, you didn't get that. No, no, we were too immature as Catholics. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh Catholic! They don't tell you Catholics we anything about to, sex. We don't want to be talking about <laughs> sex unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! Uh, okay, so Brian, I'll change the I'll change the third one then. Your first non-Catholic kiss. <laughs> Righto. Okay, got it. Does that make it easier for you? I think it does. Yeah, okay. All right, Kenny, you can start us your first car. First car. Well, as you said, you, you start driving your parents' car to begin with. I actually bought my mum's car. My first car was my mum's car. So uh, she bought a 1976 red Toyota Corolla station wagon, 1976, and 10 years later, I bought it and it became my first car. Hang on a minute, Kenny. What was your mum doing with a Toyota shagging wagon? What, what's the story oh, there? My, no, my mum's my mom, pretty cool. She was, she was pretty happy back there. She's not, but uh, no, she was, she was wow. pretty happy back there. And, uh, you know, it couldn't get any cooler than a red Toyota Corolla station wagon in 1976. I wouldn't have thought so. That's pretty, uh, that is pretty good. It was, it was very nice. To, I tell you, did, it had the did best. She go to the, did she go Sorry, to the drive in a lot in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was very busy bringing up two young boys as a single mum. How do you reckon she got two young boys? What happened? You reckon? I reckon she was at the Coburg driving, checking out Easy Rider or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew this was going to go a, on a tangent. Was it a was it a auto or manual? It was a manual. Floor, floor or stick? Uh, on the floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, and very nice, but it had the best turning circle of any car I have ever had. It was amazing. It turn on a dime. Wouldn't have it did, wouldn't have had power steering though. No, no, no power, no, no power steering, no air conditioning, just the wind up uh, windows. Oh god! And the radio was the original AM radio from 1976 with those push buttons. Yeah. That yeah, if you wanted yeah. to do the preset, you pulled the button out, yep. tuned the dial, and then pushed the button in. And if you didn't push it right in the middle of the button and flicked it to either side, it just get, went off the station on you when <laughs> just, you put it back on. Just a touch. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. Um, yeah. I remember them well. Oh, wow. A 1976. So why did you want to buy your mother's car? Because uh, I knew that she was a great driver. I knew it was reliable. And uh, knowing the previous owner, I got a wonderful deal. <laughs> well, I'd hope you wouldn't be ripped off. hope your mother wasn't, you know, uh, one of the sort of see-you-later motors uh, brigade of, uh, of car <laughs> salespeople. 
been chased down the street by Mike Willis. Oh, like, no, yeah. No, no, no. God. No, it was all good. And I, I love the car. It was a great car. How long did you keep it for, Kenny? Ten years. Sorry? How long did you keep it for? Ten years. Wow. Yeah, ten years. And probably would still be driving it if not for the fact that somebody is slammed into the back of it. And the back of it rusted out, and I would, I, if I went on a long drive, I'd start getting the fumes from the exhaust. Oh, okay. Wafting yeah, through the uh, through the car. Not good. Which, uh, not good. Not good. Nineteen seventy six Toyota. Very nice. Brian, what was well, your yeah, fir- what was your first vehicle that you well, purchased? I, my first vehicle. I was working at Coburg Teachers College in the TV department. One of the conditions I had to have a car, and so I didn't have a car. But I said, I'm getting one next week, and I did, and. Um, it was a baby shit brown <laughs> Toyota Corona Corolla, um, about a 1971, 70, um, and it just looked like a piece of shit. But I didn't care because I don't. I'm not really that into cars. But the very first day I got it, you know, you're so proud of it. You know, I've got my own car. I'm a I'm a big boy now. You know, you feel them all like that. <laughs> And I'm driving it to work, and it starts making some god awful noise. I just keep going on and over, you know. Just got the car when we had it for less than twenty four hours, <laughs> and it just noise getting loud. And there's people on the street, you know, kept walking in the trains and stuff, just looking at me, going, "What the fuck is wrong with your car?" <laughs> and I get to um, heading to Coburg, and I get stuck at the train station. And then it just shits itself. And what happened was my alternator, I think that's the thing that sparks the engine up, um, that didn't turn off. Once the engine starts, it's supposed to turn off. So there's just smoke coming out of my bonnet and then like, wow, welcome to owning a car. Maybe that's one of the reasons I'm happy not to have one. But baby shit brown, 1971 Toyota Corolla with a dodgy What's the name? So did it? Did it was that the end of it? Did it go to the scrap heap from there, or did you hang on to it for some no, time after took that? Took it back to the car yard. They replaced it and fixed it. And you know what was supposed to be sixteen hundred dollars? I think I ended up getting for twelve hundred. We made them replace the windscreen. We made, yeah, they did. They did. They got a shit deal out of it. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it went on to be a good car for I don't know five or six years. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What about you, Kev? Mine was a 1969 LC Tirana. It was a gold uh, Tirana with a black vinyl roof. Um, When I went to Longreach to start my radio career, I was 16, so I wasn't able to drive, obviously. Uh, So when you turned 17 in Queensland, then you could get a full driver's licence. So I'd, uh, I'd been learning how to drive and all that stuff, so I was ready to go. So Dad drove this car up. He bought this car for me. Uh, picked it out, said, this is what I picked out, I'll drive it up. So he drove it from Brisbane to Longreach, which is a hell of an effort, um, and uh, bought it up, and, jeez, uh, it went well. Jeez, jeez, it could go. And it looked good, <laughs> and it was a perfect perfect one for a little, you know, radio hero like I was, or I thought I was. Uh, and it went so fast that it went through the police, uh, the, local <laughs> co- one, the, the older of the local coppers who didn't like me, all the young coppers loved me, uh, the older copper didn't like me, thought I was a smart-ass, and he was right. Uh, mm. He sat out on the uh, on the road between uh, where the town ended and when you got to the motel, and I used to live in a place that was just on the right-hand side of that, and there was a stretch past the hospital there where you could actually really hit the accelerator and let her go, and he <laughs> knew that. Uh, and he picked me up and I lost my licence. So I'd had my licence for 
two months when I lost it. Um, and then the co- funny thing was then the young coppers used to come pick me up and take me into work every morning to do the breakfast show, so they'd pick <laughs> me up. Uh, so I lost that. And then when I got my licence back was around about, I think it was October, November, I, um, uh, I was uh, uh, keen on this girl who lived in uh, uh, two hours away. Uh, so I jumped in the car one Saturday night with the boys, three of the boys in the car, and we are going down to see this, this alleged girlfriend of mine. And Why do you need three of your mates to see your girlfriend? Well, because it was a long drive, Brian. I didn't want to go on my own. They were going to go down. I was going to put them in the pub and I was going to go and see the girl and go back and pick them up. For the poor girl, he comes you with three of your mates. Yeah, well, you know, I was was such a catch I could come with three mates. Um, (laughs) But on the way back... Uh, I Listen, feel a, what you and your mates do in your privacy of your own home. No, no, like, no, 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 no. They were just, they were just you along. You can come for, with your three mates. They were along with the. You. They were along for the drive, Brian. So we got down there, and it wasn't. It wasn't a pre-planned trip. It was a. Hey, guess what, boys? I think we should go down to Blackhall and see this girl I've been seeing. But why don't you come down? So that's what it was. So uh, and on the way back, I fell asleep in the car and put it into a ditch and then into a uh, a steel post. And I still to this day don't know how the hell I walked out of that car, but I did, um, thank God. Uh, and that was not the end of that car. It survived it. It wasn't written off. Couldn't believe that it wasn't written off because everyone who saw the car, which was the entire population of Longreach, um, uh, said uh, how anyone Most ate. Of them. Well, yeah, how anyone got out of it alive is beyond me and B, well, that's the end of that one, but they – Took it to Rockhampton and fixed it, brought it back, and I drove it. Uh, no, I didn't drive it back. It went back to Brisbane on the back of a truck. And when I went to Brisbane in the March of the next year, um, I uh, I jumped in it again, and it was never the never the same car. So I had to get rid of it. So mm. now, was this a six cylinder Tirada? No, it was a little three speed three on the floor. It was a little four uh, four cylinder Tirana, but it God, it went. It really could go. Yeah, they went like the clappers. Yeah, it was. My it was mate a, had one with a one eight six in it, a six cylinder engine. Oh in it. Jesus! It was frightening. My, I had a, I had a mate who was a mad petrol head in Longreach, and his car you could hear seventeen miles away. You could hear. <laughs> Um, yeah. And he wanted. He said, oh, "I know what we'll do, Kev. We'll drop a new donk in it." And I'm thinking, uh, "No, I've uh, I'm close to killing myself with the way it goes now." He wanted to put something in it that would have turned it into something out of Mad Max. So no, no we had a three fifty one, and we'll bore it out to be a three sixty two. There was a lot of that kind of exactly that kind oh. of language, Brian, and I knew nothing I about it. It was that kind of conversation that really pushed me further towards music because I just <laughs> couldn't stand all his car talk. I was Let's the go same. To and help him sand down his thirty-eight coupe or his fifty-seven Customine or whatever it was. And Jeez. for the and for the three months that I didn't have a license before I got my license back and I had to be driven around by everybody else, I spent most of it in the passenger side of my mate, the petrol Ed's car. <laughs> And he would, we would go down the main street of Longreach in his car, and uh, I can't even remember what sort of car it was now, but it was a, it was a Ute, and it had it must have had a three five one double overhead cam bored out to whatever it was, because he wouldn't even he didn't even have to touch the accelerator. All he did was put it in first, and we would just cruise down the main street of Longreach doing about I reckon five ten kilometres. <laughs> Yeah, looking, thinking we were, th- you know, and all the girls were, you know, allegedly just going, "Oh, look, look, it's Ken. <laughs> he's got a V eight. Yeah, I want to v- go and root him." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the biggest misconception ever that 
At the end of, day. <laughs> and did three years in Pentridge. No, I left that day, Bogger Road, not Pentridge. Um, uh, I left at the end of grade five, so I moved schools at the end of grade five and we went to um, – to radio, uh, uh, no, hardly. It's grade five, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Seriously, um, yeah. So we moved. So I went to Strath- I went to Strathpine from there. So we moved. So uh, yeah. Uh, no, so I, at the end of grade five was the last time I saw him. Okay. Well, but uh, you want to you want to catch up with her again, Kev? No, I don't. Maybe if she listens Brian. to the show, she could reach out. I and, don't, uh, Brian. We could get her on the show and you guys could have a little reminisce. No, everything will be absolutely fine. Thank you, Brian. All good. All platonic. I'm just saying it'd be nice to, you know, see what uh, Avril's up to. That surprises me, Brian. That I remembered her name. No, that you know what the word platonic means. <laughs> well, I do. It's it's, uh, it's that planet just up <laughs> further up from Mars. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, right, Kenny, what have you got? Well, yeah, lover is... boy, what do you got? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, lover boy. Uh, well, as I say, you know, there was that peck on the cheek behind the uh, the little golden books in the uh, primary school library. There was that type of thing back in the day, but that that wasn't much. I was a bit of a late bloomer. You, you may you might find this hard to believe, but I was a bit of a dork growing up. You know, I would like to sit in my bedroom and listen to Three XY and uh, get out the latest Skyhooks album, put it on, and that type of thing. So I was a bit of a bit of a late starter. Yeah, my uh, my first kiss was from a uh, a young lady that ended up becoming my first girlfriend for around about 6 6 years so she wasn't yes. she wasn't when you kissed her uh well we were sort of going in that direction yep you must be a really good kisser ken well I'll tell you what she was because as i say as my first other than a peck on the cheek from the uh the girls in primary school when this girl actually kissed me it she was like you, nothing I had ever experienced in my life. She gave and, you a cheek um, on the peck. It was, uh, wow, I, I've never forgotten it. And um, as I said, we went out for six years. Wow, there you go. So that's a now, nice. get a root, kid. That's Did a, you get a root? Brian, it's not the second part of every, uh, uh, you know, criteria well, it's here. it's a follow-up question. No, it's not because no. You know, you've gone out for six years. How old were you when you kissed her, Ken? Thirty-two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I was seventeen, as I said, late yeah. data for some. Yeah, uh, I know. Wow, well, there's got to be a that. bit of action after six Brian, years at seven. Brian, Brian would have been twenty-three. Brian, we discussed He's not this. A Brian, right. we discussed this. All right, we discussed that it, it's, a, it's your first kiss. That's all it is. It stops there. I, Boom. I thought you said disgust. This. No, not disgust. As in disgust. <laughs> no, no, disgust. This we had we had a conversation right, about I, it. So okay, it's just the first right. kiss. No, that's very all that's right. a very nice story. Now, do you do you, have you seen a of recent times, Kenny, all or right. not? Now, here's the thing: we went out for six years. She, she was my first girlfriend. Yep. I was young and stupid, and took the whole situation for granted. And she went from being a 15 year old kid to being a 21, 22 year old woman. And suddenly thought, I can do better than this guy, which he could. Trust me. So she moved on. When she moved on, and I suddenly realized that she had moved on, it totally broke my heart. Oh, no. It was something that hung over me for years and like a black cloud over every relationship that I had from that point on. 
and I never forgot her and I would have dreams. I would have these conversations in my head of how I was going to apologize to her if I ever ran into her and just, you know, get down on my knees and beg forgiveness for being just such a jerk in the time that we were together. Uh. 16 years after we had a rather messy end, I get a phone call on my mobile phone and I look and it's her old home phone number, which I still remember. Yeah. And I think, this just can't be. I answer it, it's her mum. She says, we often drive by your place. We wonder how you are, how you're getting on, whatever happened to Kenny. If you'd like to talk to her, I'm sure she'd love to say hello. Oh. She's living interstate by this time. We talk, uh-huh. talk for three months every single day on the phone, just like we did when we were kids. And after three months, I head up interstate to go and visit her. Okay, Kenny. <laughs> I booked for two weeks. I came home after three days. Uh-oh. So, uh, sometimes it, the memory is better than the reality. True. But it gave me closure. Yeah. Oh, good. So then 14 years go past, and I go to this year's AFL Grand Final. Into the ground with my dad, walk up to the uh, fourth level there where we're sitting in the members, and I say to the uh, the attendant, are we in the right spot? She says, yep, you're sitting right there, which is right next to where she's standing for the day. And she says, you're going to be sitting there all day. And I said, yes. I think this is a very strange attitude from the attendant. She said, with your dad. And I'm thinking, well, I'm with this older man. It's probably obvious that that's my dad. usual young girlfriend. She shows me her name tag and she says, you know who I am, don't you? It was her. Oh, Oh, wow. Couldn't recognise it. No. Well, totally out of context. Yeah. So she's the last person on my mind. And so I'm sitting there with my dad in the seat. She's standing right beside me showing people to theirs thinking, what do I do? (laughs) What do I say? The last thing ended badly too. Kiss her. Kiss her. Um, What do I do? We actually had the most wonderful conversation all afternoon while she was working and we've kept in touch and it's just this beautiful friendship that's based, I guess, on all those memories that started with pretty much that first kiss as a, you know, 17 and 15-year-old nearly 40 years ago. Wow. Oh, well, that's that's a nice way to finish it. That's, that's yeah. yeah, that's uh, so many of those things. And it's things. really lovely. And, and she has memories. And when she talks about it, she doesn't remember it as me being a jerk and me being horrible. And she says, yeah, you were, and that's why I moved on. But that's not what I remember. She remembers all these wonderful things that only she could talk about. And she brings back memories of my grandparents and family and things that we did together. Oh, and it's no, just nice. a really beautiful thing to have in my life. Bloody oath. That's that's a yeah. lovely, that's a really that's a lovely story, Ken. And great to have a happy ending. Too. Yeah. Now, Brian, yeah. no, don't, Brian, don't go there. I'm what? I just just go to your first kiss, Brian, if you wouldn't mind, and keep it to well, the kiss and move on. Okay. Well, nice story, Ken. Thank you. It's a Thank little you. bit vague for me because what had happened was the St Francis de Sales swimming team had won the uh, inter-Catholic sports, and at ten. I was the district champion of breaststroke, beat all of Corpus Christi and all of the other Catholic kids who were two years older than me, and I was just a gun. Anyway, and I won four firsts at that particular swimming comp. And anyway, then a couple of the girls from school came in to see my mum, who was the coach of the swimming club, which was interesting, but she was a good coach. I don't know how. But – and – 
they said we should have a party for the swimming club. So my mum said we're going to have a party for the swimming club. So anyway, we all decided this is time to start passion on chicks. (laughs) And um, I'm not sure because it was a bit of a a kissing orgy that night. How old were you, Brian? Sorry, just tell us again. About about 10. Yep. (laughs) And... um, it's a bit of a kissing and all everybody's getting up the side of the house, kissing everybody. So my first kiss, I, it, it, it's, 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 I'm not sure. It might be Bernadette Crotty. I've got to warm up with her and then Susan Taylor. But I think we kissed, I must have kissed five or six. It was just like, yeah, we're all going to kiss now. Somebody was just kissing everybody. It was kind of cool, actually. Any feelings for any of those girls at the ripe old age of 10, Brian? Well, I saw Susan Taylor not that um, many years ago and she looked exactly the same. Um, Well, you know, not when she was 10. She was the the teacher, but that's okay. (laughs) No, she looked good. Um, And, you know, yeah, I still see some of my St. Francis de Sales friends, my friend right? Louise. Yeah, yeah, um, she's coming up this week. I'll see her. She was a year below me. But but anyway, yeah, mine was a kissing orgy at the swimming club party in my backyard and the kissing started down the side of my house. So there you go. Very good. I was kissed down the side of my house by Brian Mannix. That'll be the headline in next week's <laughs> New Idea magazine. Righto, first job. This is your proper job, you know, where you actually got – Proper money for it, Brian? Well, it's an interesting one. I think everybody knows that I worked in a tap factory as a junior clerk. But before I did that, I'll, you know, I did do you know, the paper round with the observer. That was horrible. And I'm throwing most of the papers down the ground. But, <laughs> but I think my first enterprise, which was when we finished um, school, you know, we'd finished HSC and it's like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, um, I didn't get into film school. So, and we thought, well, we'll make some money. And so we decided we'd do a lawn mowing business. And our mate, Nobber. And so we printed up some shit, some things like, and it was, our slogan was Nobber and Co. And it's like, their slogan was, at Nobber, we do a better jobber, matey mate. Oh, like, <laughs> anyway, so. We put it on. What the year level boxes. did you go to at school? Uh, I'm 18. I've finished HSC. So, you're, yeah. So, you know, but now it's let's make some bucks before we go on holidays or something. So, yeah, we get we get a we get quite a few jobs, and we're pretty dreadful at it. <laughs> and this old bloke, Georgie Burns, right? He was working at the market. He was about 75, but he liked the fact that we didn't want to go on the dole, and you know, he was happy to support us, and so he'd get us to do his gardening for him. He fed him, his garden was like the Kokoda Trail. <laughs> it was, it was fed him, Georgie, what are you doing here, mate? And so, you know, Georgie's off at work or doing whatever he's doing down at the market, and we're chopping this shit down, and we're just going, I'll just fucking burn it. <laughs> <laughs> we've got it's a really hot day, and we've got all this stuff, and it's burning. It's going berserk, and we're just about losing control. The fence, and we got the hose trying to stop the fence from catching fire. And um, you see, old incinerators. Do you have one of those big drum incinerators? No, we just 
just chucked it on the thing. And oh, of it. course. Right then. So, and the wind was pushing it into the oh, fence. We God. had flames about eight feet high. Oh, you know, God. It was like, my God, we're going to burn this old bloke's house down. So, anyway, so I'm going to say Nobber & Co. was my first job and probably uh, Jim's mowing is a better option. Yep. No <laughs> doubt about that. Nobber at Nobber we do a better jobber. <laughs> Uh, that's Matey, a, mate. That's a, that's an HSC certificate right there, isn't it? Um, <laughs> what was yours, Kenny? Uh, my first job, well, the first job that I was actually paid for, not uh, a full-time job, but um, my first job actually gave me a, a nickname that uh, has stuck with me forever and a day. Uh, my first. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you cut that out. <laughs> Uh, Where do I go from that? Well, I mean, uh, anyway, sorry. who told you? <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Uh, my, my first paying job was the paper round. Oh, right. Uh, 1979, I started doing the morning paper round, which was always the the harder part of the, uh, the equation because, of course, you had the Herald in Melbourne in the afternoon. But I would do the morning paper round and I'd be there, you know, rain, hail, shine, whatever it was. And I actually loved it because, you know, you get out on the bike, you were earning money. I was earning $8 a week Oh-ho. when I started in Oh-ho. 1979. And and the boss at the news agent was pretty cool because if you wanted to, before payday at the end of the week, he'd actually allow you to take 30 cents out of your pay packet and go up to the milk bar and get yourself a small chocolate Big M. What a big-hearted oh. man he was. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty cool. You know, it was taken off the, your pay, but yeah, um, right. anyway, you get Yeah. But um, as I say, that uh, that job gave me a, a nickname that stayed for life because I would listen to 3XY originally doing the, the paper round. Then, of course, it went to Eon FM. And John Peters was doing breakfast on Eon FM in those days. Yep. And he would have a roll call of all the people that would phone him up and request songs. So I would, of course, stop at a phone booth somewhere on the paper round and give him a call and ask him to play some Skyhooks on Eon FM. Yeah. And so he would have this roll call at 6 a.m. at the start of his program where he would, you know, Barry the butcher and there was Tony the, the baker. He was at work early. And somehow I got added to this list as Kenny the paper boy. <laughs> and I later went on to work with John Peters at Eon FM and that is how I was introduced on air as Kenny the paper boy. So that name actually stuck and uh, it just followed me through whatever bits I did here and there in, uh, in radio. And actually, at one point, I tried to get rid of it. I thought I'd gone a bit like Johnny Farnham. You know, I didn't want to be Johnny any longer. <laughs> I just wanted to be Ken. You know, I didn't want to be Kenny the paperboy. I tried to get rid of it. So I introduced myself to people at certain functions and that type of thing. I did, you know, Ken Francis. They had no idea who I was. The minute I said, I'm Kenny the Paperboy. <laughs> hey, Kenny the Paperboy. We remember you. Uh, so I just thought, oh, I'm Kenny the Paperboy. So uh, thank you, John Peters. But that, that was a great job. I loved it. Even, you know, even out there in the cold, you know, you know, I remember getting those front pages. And this, this is when the newspaper, you'd get a newspaper and that front page had the big story with the story on the front. Yep. Now it's pretty much all pictures and and that type of thing. The whole thing's changed. Ads. In those yeah. days, you know, I don't remember. A couple, you know, of a couple of pages of Harvey Norman. And yeah. Magazine <laughs> of Harvey Norman in the middle. Yeah, pretty much. Or the good but, guys. You know, I remember, you know, turning up at the news agent, getting the stack of papers, putting them on the bike, and on the front, you know, John Lennon shot dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so there was those mammoth stories that just stick with you because you were there doing that paper every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I must admit, I don't. I only read weekend papers, physical papers. Now I don't read uh, weekday papers. Um, do you right. read? Do you still read papers, Ken? Yeah, yeah. I've still, if there's one around, I'll read. I don't yeah. always buy it, but yep. um, yeah, I still enjoy flicking through the paper. Yeah, I, I, I don't get uh, weekday papers anymore at all. So I just I update my news on online. But um, weekends, I love getting the weekend papers and. Reading through them, that's still a bit of a thing, you know, a cup of tea and a, a, a crumpet or something and, and flick through the papers or Sunday yep. nights. I enjoy doing yep. that. Uh, but Kenny's, my, but Kenny, Kenny's moved on because he's now Kenny online media guy. <laughs> <laughs> digital. Kenny the digital boy. Digital uh, news boy, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, my, uh, my first job was, uh, well, the, I worked for my folks basically in the service stations and the cafes that we had um, – uh, for years, five, six, seven years, I think I, we worked as kids in uh, in the family business. But the first job I had um, before I got into radio was I uh, I'd had a gut full of school by year uh, year eleven, and as year eleven went on, I just became increasingly more distracted. Um, I was doing the radio course at that stage, uh, and, and as that was getting more interesting and more exciting, the less I wanted to be at school. All my teachers knew it. Everyone knew it. I was starting to play up a bit at school. Yeah, um, yep. So I was getting in a bit of trouble, uh, not not super bad stuff, but just, you know, just being a – I was being a bloody huge distraction because I didn't want to be there. Um, and at the, around about halfway through year 11, my English – my German teacher came to me and said um, – my brother, <laughs> you're trouble. I think you. Um, Show me your paper. <laughs> and I said, I know nothing. Um, so she came to me and said, My brother runs a company. Um, do you want to, if you really want to get out of school, he's looking for someone to work in the office. Um, and I think you'd be really good. I think you'd like it. Da, da, da. I said, All right. So I went and, I went and had a, an interview. Um, and I did like it. It was a shower screen company called Showerama, so they made shower screens, you know, the doors and all that sort of stuff. And yep. the job was a clerk, so you had to do the do the uh, the worksheets for each particular shower screen. So if it was a three foot by six foot. You do the worksheet up and then hand it to thing, and then they'd make it in the factory, and off you'd go. So it was a, it was a good little job, uh, you know. It was a bit of maths, which I was good at, um, and uh, kept me occupied. So uh, I, I took that job on. Um, uh, thanks to my English teacher, got that job, and uh, that was the job I did right up until I uh, jumped on a plane and flew to Longridge to start uh, to start my radio career. With the backing of the people at the shower screen company, they were delighted for me. They wanted to keep me, but they were delighted for me. So I was a clerk in a shower screen company called Shower Armor. Uh, it was well, you, were doing, you were doing showers. Brian was doing taps. Yeah, see, yeah. There's, there's hope for we you. Can, yet. We, we can do bathrooms together on the tools, Brian. Me and you on the tools. Well, from now on, you'll be known as Kevy, the shower door guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 it was very fine because you had all different sort of uh, lengths of, uh, of aluminium oh. that went around the shower thing. And if, if you got the measurements wrong, you couldn't put oh. it in someone else's shower. They couldn't recut them and stuff, so you had to be yeah. very careful. So it was a, had a bit of responsibility, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good four or five months, I think I was with them. Which was Did you good. See yourself making a comeback at this shower screen. No, 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 no. I don't think that uh, that'll be happening, Brian. I think I've uh, done the <laughs> the shower scene from uh, from my career. That's it, done and dusted. Really? Hey, that's. Uh, but if, it, if, if you've then gone through life looking at other shower screens, going, ah, oh, no, that's pretty lousy. Oh well, I, I must admit, you'd be, it's funny how when you do work in that sort of thing, where you start to look at those things and appreciate. Yeah. 
what goes into it. And I, I remember when I bought my first house, when this shower screen's a bit, uh, a bit wonky. And they're going, really? I'm going, no, it's wonky, mate. It's no good. It's a, it's a dodgy one. He's going, are you serious? I'm saying, I'm bloody serious. I used to work at a company that made them. This is a shit one. Give me a proper one. <laughs> I know I always get a bit of a hard on when I see a Lady Pamela Flange type uh, no- nozzle. <laughs> From my tap days. From your tap days. Yeah, and I love my half inch uh, spine, uh, fiber spindle. They're fantastic. Yeah, or quarter inch fiber spindle. It's terrific. Yeah, that's funny. That's what the doctor said last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put a half inch fiber spindle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. See? Can come back to bite you on the ass, bro. Um, Kenny, thank you so much for stepping in and uh, and uh, filling the uh, very very large uh, squeaky uh, Lenny's Fine Foods uh, sandals of Mister Fine. Uh, very big shoes to fill, but always a pleasure to catch up with you too. I, I love it. I love, I love listening to you, and now to be part of it, it's just wonderful. Now Brian will be uh, gigging this weekend. Will you? Are you off? Who's on your Who's on your calendar of people you're going to see live? Anybody coming up? Well, for m- myself, uh, I will be up Brian's way. So if Brian's not oh, in the Melbourne, Gold Coast, of course, McCartney. Ex- expect a knock on the door. Maybe maybe a nine o'clock Sunday morning after the McCartney show the night before, I'll pop round and tell you all about it, Brian. That'll be fine. I'm coming to have a look at my swinging bachelor pad. I'll, c- I'll come up and check out your shower screen yeah. door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. I think I want Kev to check that out. Give <laughs> the oh. shower screen. Oh, guy. thanks, Fella? thanks, Brian. I thought you'd never ask. Um, I'll report okay. back to him. <laughs> yeah, get photos for me and send them back, Kenny. We'll get that sorted. Uh, thank but, you, boys. Kev, just, Kev, just before you go. Oh, one more yes. thing. One less thing. No, nothing more to report. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, good health to you, mate. We hope we'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks, guys. Great to see you both. Good to see Thanks, you. Ken. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Brian. See you next week. Thanks, Ken. Good night, John Boy. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.